It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass, Carson Wentz in his offense. Prime time. Damn. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see b face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of the show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> Twas the week before Christmas, and we're talking the East, and I hope that you all enjoy the Week 15 Feast. Good to be back, GVR. Good to see you. Good to see you, man. Good to see you. Back on the feast, man. Back on the feast. I'm still in a good mood. I know last week was tough for me and my Washington football fans, but hey, I'm here for another week, and with my best friend, Brian Wills, dude, oh, things could be a lot worse. Oh, they can be a heck of a lot worse. You could be one of the 17 members of the Washington football team who've tested positive for COVID in the past 48 hours. So <laughs> it's just good to see you healthy, man. Uh, but no, it's um, let's, let's let's get right into the game, man. Last year when the Washington football team swept the Dallas Cowboys, you were very kind to me. So um, as much as I, you know, I like to be an ignorant Cowboys fan and I want to pound the table and say, how about them Cowboys? I'm not going to do that. Um, if it would have been an entire game as the first half unfolded, maybe I would be a little more braggadocious. But the struggles of the Dallas Cowboys offense, in particular my franchise quarterback, Dak Prescott, have me um, a little more humble, man. I'll talk about the defense in the segment. First, I want to get the the bad out of the way. Dak Prescott, um, in the first eight games before he had the calf injury, 20 touchdowns, five interceptions, had the ninth highest QBR in the NFL. Since he's come back from the calf, four touchdowns, five picks, and the second to worst QBR in the NFL. Wow. Like, th- this is very concerning to me, man. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott um, clearly is not right, still laboring with that knee injury. Tony Pollard missed this game. I hope that he uh, comes back, if not this week, at least before uh, the playoffs start. But th- this Dallas Cowboys offense is concerning. We could have... Easily put that game away in the second half. One of my favorite plays of the game was uh, Cole Holcomb's pick six for you guys. Um, th- I mean that that you guys still had a shot to to win this game in the fourth quarter. You really did. Yeah, man, it was a tough game to watch in that first half. It really was. You know, uh, our defense stepped up in the second half. We had a we had a timely turnover, but that was more on Dak's fault than us. Right. You know, us creating that. To be honest with you. Uh, if, if we were a full squad in this game, I feel as if Dak's performance would have gave us a really good opportunity to win this game um, if, if we had all our pieces intact. Now, the, the excuses for injuries is obviously an easy one. Yeah. We're working with third-team guys. We're not working with second-team guys. We're working with third-team guys. Mm-hmm. It, it's to the point where it, it's it's difficult to field a team at this point with our COVID concerns. And again, I'm talking solely based off the Washington football team, not necessarily Dallas's effort, right. but Dallas didn't play great in that game. The only player in that game that played 
absolutely out of his mind was Micah Parsons. Obviously he created havoc in the backfield and we just simply could not stop him. Uh, a lot came on Heineke's shoulders and he, he didn't, he didn't step up like I'd like to see it, but man, it's tough to come back from that. Our team is not built to come back from those big uh, come behind victories. And we really showed that. Um, but our defense again, had an opportunity to come back and, and win the game. So that was, that was the positive light of that, of that game. But, Again, it was difficult to watch. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, uh, especially the first half, man. Um, you guys let Randy Gregory have his first career interception, and boy, did he That's make right. he boy yeah. did he make the most of it. Um, tipped it to himself, caught it, of course, ran it back for a touchdown. That really set the tone of the game. That was after Dak Prescott threw another terrible interception, which was his first of the game to oh, Landon. Landon Collins. Yes. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and Landon. And I mean, I love Landon. He's playing very well, but he didn't make a crazy break no. on the ball like Dak literally threw it right to him like he did Cole Holcomb in the second half very concerning but yeah right after you guys got the turnover we respond with the pick six uh you alluded to Micah Parsons who you know um I'm about to gush about here for about the next 90 seconds the sixth straight game the rookie has had a sack he had two sacks in the game Javon Curse, the freak shout out to the Titans um he holds the NFL record for eight straight games um, with a sack as a rookie when he came out of Florida and was playing uh, for Tennessee. Micah is now chasing his record, not only for eight straight games of the sack, but he's chasing the record for the, the rookie sacks overall. Um, Javon Curse, of course, that same season had 14 and a half sacks. Micah has 12 this year. So if I had to guess, with four games still remaining, Micah Parsons is going to catch Javon Curse. Um, shout out to our boy CT. He sent me an amazing stat. Um, you, you, George, you'll probably remember, most of our listeners will remember, uh, the year that Khalil Mack was traded from the Raiders and he came over to the Bears. He was an absolute wrecking ball. He won the defensive player of the year. Okay, Now, that was a full 16-game season. I want to give you Khalil Mack stats. 11 sacks that year. Micah Parsons, through only 13 games, has 12. That same season, Khalil Mack had 73 tackles. Micah Parsons already has 75. Khalil Mack, 14 tackles for loss. Micah already has 17. Khalil Mack, 26 quarterback hits. Micah, again, already has 27s. Parsons might not win the defensive rookie of the uh, Excuse me, he's definitely going to win the defensive rookie of the year. He might not win defensive player of the year because of the steep competition for Miles Garrett in Cleveland. And I think the favorite is probably TJ Watt in Pittsburgh. But I hope those stats just put into perspective for all of you just how dominant this kid has been. Um, he's put together an entire defensive player of the year season in his first 13 career games. It's it's amazing. I, I as, as much as I love the kid, as soon as we drafted him, I never thought in a million years that he would be arguably a top three player on the defensive side of the ball. So just shout out to Micah, Randy Gregory, Neville Gallimore came back off an of injury. He had a sack Demarcus Lawrence had a sack. Um, another interesting uh, stat I saw Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory and Micah Parsons before this game had only played a total of 28 snaps together the entire season. So I think this um, larger sample size of a whole game doesn't say a whole lot. I'm saying about the Cowboys only because like you said, you got third team offensive lineman. I believe you're down to a fourth team center. So it's yeah. not like we we dominated a great O line, but I think it, it says something that there is potential on this defense to be pretty good. I'm not going to say great. 
Um, the last defensive player I want to shout out is Trayvon Diggs. Um, I hope Terry McLaurin's doing okay. He had a nasty fall, which gave him a concussion. But before Terry McLaurin had that concussion, he was targeted twice, which means Trayvon was kind of blanketing him. Those were both incompletions. So Terry was held out of sack. So if you played Terry McLaurin in fantasy football, he gave you a big goose egg. So shout out to Trayvon Dix for not just being a risky gambler and um, taking chances. Actually, he followed Terry. And yet, no, normally, that's not Trayvon's forte. So um, you know, kudos to Trayvon in the entire Cowboys defense. The offense was anemic, as I said. I, I, I'm very concerned with Dak going forward. They're claiming that he's not injured. I think something is wrong. We couldn't run the football. I hope that Tony Pollard and Zeke get right. But for the first time in, God knows, 20 years, can I say I'm, I'm leaning on my my defense to win football games? So so we'll see going forward, man. Um, what did you think uh, about Heineke in this game? I saw coming into the game, he had, um, in the past five weeks, like the third highest quarterback rating in the league. So he was coming in with a full head of steam. Of course, he couldn't. You guys didn't have the protection. And and Antonio Gibson doesn't help with his sixth fumble of the season. Man, you got to clean yeah, those man. mistakes up. Very tough, dude. Antonio Gibson has been a problem when it comes to turnovers all year. And honestly, had a lot of turnovers last year too. So I don't think that's ever going to get clearly fixed by right. any means. It's one of those things where I, I, I don't really get it as, as posi a position and a skilled player that's been playing so long, having the, the case of the fumbles, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm surprised you can't clean that up with technique, but maybe that's just his running style. But at the end of the day, I'd rather an average back that doesn't cough the ball up than a than a back that you know can create havoc and 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 do these types of things that Antonio Gibson can do. But giving the giving the ball up is just critical, especially the way our offensive plays. We we are not made, like I said, to come back um, from behind, and and it, it really did hurt us. But as far as Heineke, like you asked, be not really confident in, in him going into the game. Not really confident, as I told you last week, I thought the Cowboys would win this game. And prior to the game, probably about an hour and a half to two hours before, I thought this game would be a blowout. You and told you were me that. Trying to, and, and you were you were you kind of consoled me a little bit and said no. <laughs> and that and, and that first half, like I, I was like, Yep, told you so. I, I just again the team was without a lot of pieces. Yes. But at the end of the day, uh, we have to make it work, and, and we just didn't. And uh, I thought we would, I, as Warman said too, I just thought we would put a better effort out on that mm -hmm. field. Uh, you could tell that the uh, the pick six from Gregory was was a backbreaker, dude. When it got to yeah. 11 nothing in that game, and, and when he returned that for a touchdown, because as you saw in the replay, if Antonio Gibson gets that rock, bro, he might go for six because – He was taken it, off. I, he was he – was, and there was like four down linemen and maybe two guys that were there for him to, yeah. to tackle him. So it was, it was a good opportunity and it changed the whole outlook of the game. And, and again, this, those defensive ends really stepped up and, and truly won that game for the Cowboys. I agree. It was totally on the defense. Shout out to Dan Quinn, probably the best acquisition um, of the entire NFL, um, whether player, coach, um, front office guy, he, he's done wonders for that team. It's not all just Micah Parsons being, um, that great Mike is being put in the right positions to pass rush, to drop back as a linebacker. Um, Micah should have had an interception in this game. He needs to work on those hands. The, the guys were making fun of him like, yo, man, you're so worried about sacks like you can't catch anymore. But uh, the football team, you guys had a four-game win streak, so it's not all hope is certainly not lost. If the season ended today, for God's sake, you'd still be in the playoffs. So, I mean, no, no need to get too down on yourself. 
you guys were going for your fifth straight win. George, you could probably tell me the last time the football team won their fifth straight win. It was in the 2012 season. You guys ended the regular season by winning seven games in a row with Robert Griffin the third oh, as your quarterback. Yeah. Um, so you guys almost uh, put yourself in that upper um, echelon of statistics with that RG3 team. But hey, if you get back on track this week, we'll talk about your upcoming game with Philly. Of course, um, you know the COVID has decimated you. But I think that second half effort, I don't know if it was um, Jack Del Rio just firing up the defense or Ron Rivera himself being, being the leader that he is. But you guys did not tuck your tails in um, despite being down 24 to nothing. You actually had a chance to win this game with just a few minutes left. So if it wasn't for the turnovers and some pretty stellar play from my Cowboys defense, I think the football team could have beat us. So um, I'm looking forward to uh, to that matchup next week when you guys, um, I don't know if you saw, George, the, the game was actually flexed into prime time. So next oh. Sunday night, this will be December 26th, the, the day after Christmas, we get a bonus present, um, 8.30 NBC Cowboys versus Washington football team. So hopefully we'll nice. get to watch that one together. Uh, let's let's move on to um, another NFC East team that suffered an L much like the football team, and that was the New York football Giants. But this game was not nearly as competitive or inspired as the Giants as the Washington football team played. Mike Glennon was the quarterback, and um, honestly, he he did okay for I would say for for Mike Glennon terms. He uh, he threw two touchdowns, um, one to Elijah Penny. One to Saquon Barkley. It was good to see um, Saquon uh, start to get back into a rhythm. I, if you if you listen to the pod I did last week, George with uh, with Delhi and Luds, I said get Saquon into your in your fantasy lineups, and he didn't disappoint. Um, although he certainly didn't set the world on fire. Sixteen carries for sixty four yards. That's four yards a pop, and he added thirty yards receiving and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Mike Glennon actually had a rushing touchdown as well, but this was all on garbage time, guys. Um, the, the Chargers were ahead. Um, if the game was tied seven to seven at the end of the first quarter, but the Chargers went on to score the first 17 points of the second quarter, and the game um, was never that close. Uh, UI Luds, we've all talked about everyone on the feast who's contributed, how much we love Justin Herbert. Um, the, the kid's a monster. He only, I, I say only, threw for 275 yards in this game, but he was a very efficient 23 for 30 and three touchdowns. And despite only throwing for 275, he still leads the NFL in 300-yard games. So this kid is lethal, and he's playing without his top two weapons, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Two guys who are Pro Bowl-level receivers were both out in this game. So he's throwing touchdowns to Jalen Guyton and Josh Palmer, a rookie from Tennessee. So it's like just to just show you, like they take away his weapons. Justin Herbert shows you just how good he is. So I think the Chargers are a problem. I think they're going to, if not win the AFC West, with all due respect to the Chiefs, they're going to get into the playoffs. And I think Justin Herbert will win a playoff game. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, man, it, it was a game that I we kind of all mapped out the way it worked out. You know, we we thought they'd be pretty much dominated with Mike Lennon being his third start in a row uh, with Daniel Jones' in, injury. And and I guess I'm going to ask you a question, B, and maybe the audience as well. Is Daniel Jones worth coming back for 2022? The guy's honestly, but his his highest per, uh, completion percentage at 64. percent He did throw. 
11 interceptions and oh. just 10 touchdowns. So that's real tough. Right. I just don't know if you can hang your hat. I don't know if you draft a guy early. I don't know if you pick somebody up from free agency. It's a, uh, it's a tough road to go. You don't necessarily want to replace somebody that you've put so much energy and, and, uh, and time into, yes. but what's your thoughts on and Danny dimes? I think that Daniel Jones, I th- I believe there's an option where they can pick up a fifth year and they don't have to make a decision yet. And if I had to guess gut feeling, he will be the quarterback next year because they're just going to try and, and have him back if they don't get anything better. We'll see how the season finishes. If they are drafting in the top 10 and they fall in love with um, the, we already discussed about the same guys you could be drafting, Matt Coral, um, Malik Willis, uh, Kenny Pickett, some of these guys. If they fall in love with one of these guys, maybe they bring them in and because they have Daniel, they're not forced to, to start and throw the rookie to the Wolves. Or you never know. I believe the Eagles football team and Giants could all be in play for uh, Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson. So I think that they they still don't know yet. I think if you if we look David Gettleman into the eye, and honestly David Gettleman is a general manager, he might not be back. They already let go of Jason Garrett, so that I think they kind of washed their hands of that. Maybe they thought that Coach Garrett could resurrect Daniel in this um, this fourth season and uh, get him back on track. But if I had to get, say gut instinct, he will be back next year, but not because of a long term contract. I think there is a zero percent chance at this point in time. That Daniel Daniel Jones gets rewarded with a multi-year contract. I think he might be um, just a, a one more year if get him a new offensive coordinator, or maybe just get have him there as a safety blanket as they draft a rookie. But if they go after a big uh, one of these big fish, these big name free agents, Daniel's going to be um, probably doing what Mitchell Trubisky did for the, uh, the Bears. Um, you know, he's backing up Josh Allen, and Daniel Jones will be probably be backing up um, a quality NFL quarterback next year. So it's a uh, it's a dicey situation in New York right now. That's for sure. Agreed, man. Agreed. This in this game, um, it was it was all Chargers, man. Uh, oh, I almost said Nick Bosa. Actually, Joey Bosa um, had a strip sack. He continues um, his great season. I mean, him and his brother Nick both just just have dominated the league since they were drafted out of Ohio State. And uh, I feel going like we forward, we talk about the Chargers a lot on this podcast. Well, this is they play. They play the entire division. Yeah, that's the, true. That's the, true. The, the NFC East has played the N, the AFC West. So all four teams have played the now. Not um, it hasn't completed yet, but all four of us will play the Broncos, the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Raiders. So I feel like it's, nobody it's, wants to talk about how Herbert got mudded out by the Broncos and a few other good defenses. I think Herbert's a stud. I yeah. really do. But I think in primetime games against good defenses, I've yet to see him show out. Uh, we'll see, man. Well, um, I don't know when you guys will, will listen to this, but tomorrow night, which will be December 16th, the uh, Chiefs are coming to Los Angeles. And that's a big matchup. I believe the Chiefs are one game up on the Chargers. But pretty much that game, which will be on primetime on NFL Network, will decide who is in first place a week before Christmas. So when, uh, when you got the Chiefs, who I believe have won six in a row now, um, coming to town, you know, this, like you said, primetime game, the lights are on. You're going up against a former MVP and Patrick Mahomes. We'll, we'll find out what Justin Herbert is made of. Um, you know, he's putting up great numbers, but when you, when you're going up against defenses like the giants, it's, it's not that impressive, but yeah, I want, I want to um, stroke the kid's ego, you know, j- just for the next uh, couple minutes. And as, as we, uh, finish it's not up just you, dude, it's all of media. I mean, this guy's yeah, all, everybody's on this guy's jock. It really yes. is. 
I, you know, he's going to be rated one of the top guys in fantasy probably next year. And yes, I just hope we can hold it together. I really do. He's got some great weapons. Like you said, um, I, I believe in the guy. I just think a little bit sometimes is overhyped. He is very hyped up, but it's just, I, th- I think the media fawns over him because of just like height, weight, arm talent. Like I, I heard um, yeah. somebody, he's a good looking kid, dude. And he's yes. got some, you know, he's got like, he's so young, bro. I mean, he's got borderline. I mean, he's got acne, dude. I think he just yes. went to puberty. Like, no, I, d- I did ago. hear that Accutane is going to be his number one sponsor next year. Oh, um, for but no, sure, bro. He's got a, got a great head of lettuce on him. You know, 6'5", whatever, 225 pounds. I heard a scout, um, Greg Cosell, said he throws the football like a javelin. Like, just the wow. way he just sticks his foot in the ground and just launches it at a, almost a perfect arm angle. It, ca- it can't be taught. The, the, I don't know how he fell to number six in the draft. Um, talk to our Miami Dolphin fans who took Tua at five. I'm sure they're a little upset because they could have had Justin Herbert in house. But um, like you said, he's got great weapons and he's got Austin Eckler who um, had 67 yards and a rushing touch on this game and also chipped in um, with a couple receptions as well. So he's got a decent O-line. Looks like a pretty good young head coach. So it's it's a lot of the pieces around um, Justin Herbert. But you know, let's we'll, we'll stop talking about about him and, and uh, let uh, <laughs> that was tradition. like three or four minutes now, Justin. That was that we we talked more about Justin Herbert than we did Taylor Heineke. But you know what, <laughs> the kid deserves it. But back to the New York Giants, this was bad and it could get worse. Um, one of their best players, uh, Leonard Williams, suffered a knee injury in this game. I'm not sure if it's going to be season ending, but it looks like he's going to miss multiple weeks. And them, just like uh, the football team. And the rest of the league, I don't know what's going on. Um, you know, this isn't uh, a pandemic podcast, but we got to talk about, I don't know if it's the new variant. It's, it is taking the league by storm. We'll talk about you guys in a second, but the Giants, um, they, they're going to be without John Ross, Xavier McKinney, one of their offensive linemen, as they um, will host my Dallas Cowboys, and we can get into that game. We beat the Giants pretty badly and injured Saquon earlier in the season. They'll get their chance at revenge. But without Leonard Williams, without some of their guys, um, obviously dealing with the COVID, I, I just don't see this game being competitive at all. I mean, Vegas has us as 10.5-point road favorites, which is just downright disrespectful. I think a very similar game. Um, Daniel Jones is going to miss this game as, again. And George, you asked me earlier, is Daniel Jones going to be the quarterback? Well, unfortunately for the neck injury, he doesn't even have the chance right now to prove to the Giants coaching staff and front office that he should be. So it's like Mike Glennon is going to get another start. I mean, let's be real. Giants fans, is Danny Dimes going to win you a ring? No, never. Absolutely not. I, I, was, gotta, I mean, that's that's it for me, right? Like, right. am I as a Giants fan looking forward to possibly getting a wild card berth in the near future? For me, I know Heineken might not be the solution long term, but I think Heineken is even better than Danny Dimes. Why would I would you take Taylor. Danny Dimes? I, I would take Taylor. At least the guy's yes. got grit, you know? Yes. He, yeah, and he's just, not. It's, he's not that. And Taylor's not that careless. Like you can't fault yeah, him yeah. for having Micah Parsons like force that fumble. Yeah. Like that's not a careless turnover. That's just uh, that's just an edge rusher coming unblocked and you get you getting blindsided. So, yeah, I, I would take Taylor o- over over Daniel Jones. I think most people would. But yeah, I think that that's what it comes down to. Um, there was even a report on one of the Giants fan sites that we follow on Instagram that said. Jake Fromm might get some playing time in this game. So I think the Giants Ooh. are kind of throwing. If, if you're going to put Jake Fromm in, not that Mike Glennon's that much better, but at least Mike Glennon has experience and he gives you maybe a chance to be competitive. If you're going to put Jake Fromm in, a kid who was drafted in like the fifth round, he's never even taken an NFL snap, you're kind of conceding the season. And I'm not, that's not me 
beating my chest saying the Giants are trash. Um, Saquon Barkley got we hurt him the last game. So as I said last week, I think this could be a big Saquon game because they're going to have to depend on him. His touchdown reception last week, I posted it. Um, it was a thing of beauty. He broke the cornerback's ankle. So the kids out there playing wide receiver catching touchdowns. Um, he's certainly um, not what he once was coming out of Penn State, but he's the best weapon that they got. I can tell you that. Kadarius Tony has COVID for them, so they're going to rely on Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard. Um, I saw Darius Slayton has the highest drop rate in the NFL. He drops Whoa. 22% of his targets. Damn. That's really bad, dude. So it's like, Mike Lennon, what chance do you have with 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 the, the COVID in, um, diagnosis on a big part of the team? The uncertainty um, on, on the defensive side of the ball. They gave up 37 points last week. That's supposed to be what they're good at. So I think the Cowboys' offense in this game actually gets a little bit back on track. Um, I, I'm hoping that Dak uh, plays just just a little bit better for the next. I'm, I'm not expecting him to play like he played week one against the Bucks and you know throw for 400 some odd yards. But I think Tony Pollard might be back in this game. The Liz Frank injury is it's a touchy one. I feel like. He is going to come back. They just don't want to rush him back too soon and have it re-injured before the postseason run that I hope that we go on. So I hope that um, maybe Corey Clement, who got some carries for us last week, we can use him, Zeke, and Pollard as a running back by committee. And of course, we still got those elite weapons at wide receiver. Um, Amari Cooper is fully uh, recovered from COVID. CeeDee Lamb is playing uh, elite, I would say, right now. And... um, Dalton Schultz was quiet last week, very surprising, but but he's still there. So I think Dak uses his weapons and relies on this all of a sudden good Cowboys defense. I haven't said that in a long time. Um, I, I think our Cowboys defense comes out. Let me get Micah for his 13th sack of the year. Trayvon Diggs gets a pick, make it 10 for Trayvon. I got the Cowboys winning dominantly um, in New York. I'll say the Cowboys go 34, Giants 20. How about you? Yeah, man, I, I see a, a very similar score in this game. I, I don't see the Giants being dominant whatsoever. I think Kadarius Tony's a really big loss in this game. The only weapon that you know, truly the quarterback has out there with the Giants. I think they're going to stack the box. They're going to try to stop my guy over with the G-Man. Um, and it's going to be a tough one for them. It's going to be – it could be a blowout. I think they actually – I think they do. I would take the 10 in this game. I'm going to go 37 to – 21 honestly i think they're gonna really put some points up against that's, the guys that's the same exact score that the, char- the, the chargers put up on them and i think it's gonna yeah. be exactly that that kind of game um the cowboys after obviously we scored first on you guys were that made us seven and oh we score first it's no secret we have to get out to an early lead and we now have 13 takeaways in the past five games alone so the, the recipe to a dallas cowboys Crazy. victory uh, yeah. is to get up early and then take the ball away from the opponent, which is exactly what we did to the football team. And then we can even, that builds us a little bit of um, insurance that we can let the second half get away from us a little bit. I hope that doesn't happen going forward, but that's what that's what I'm saying. Score early, score often, and take the ball away. And um, run for 100 yards, because Dak Prescott in his career, 43-14 and 14 when he has a 100-yard rusher, 6-17 and 17 when he doesn't. So run the damn football. Please, Kellen Moore, I'm being a little frustrated with you lately. But I still like him um, as my offensive coordinator. But yeah, me and George are unanimous here on the feast. We got the Cowboys winning up pretty easily um, against the Giants. Let's finish up our week 15 preview with another NFC East battle. 
and that is the Washington football team traveling to the city of brotherly love to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, George, I don't know if you have the uh, laundry list in front of you, but goddamn, dude, half your team has COVID. The other half of them have a soft tissue injury. Um, I believe Heineke is going to be your starting quarterback in this game, though, right? I believe it's going to be Heineke over Kyle Allen. As you said, we do have a lot of people out. Uh, it, it's funny when you look back into the first week where we were going through position groups from each team being kind of dissecting each group and where we thought uh, the good and the bad and the indifferent were. It's it's just funny to look at this list, man, because it's legitimately probably 80 percent of the players that we had starting are now are now <laughs> out. Uh, you, you you would even forget guys like St. Juice and John Bostic and Chase Roulier and Wes Schweitzer and all those kind of guys. We don't even remember them anymore, man. Yeah. Like they're, they're, they're such a far uh, a distant, you know, uh, players. It's, it's, it's tough. Now with COVID, with John Allen having COVID, dude. Huge and, loss. I mean, that's one of the biggest loss. Obviously, Logan Thomas out for the year, dude. Matt Ioannidis, fucking dude. I'm talking about the backups. Even Casey Tuhill, who was coming on strong behind Montez Sweat, obviously that is out as well. Cam Sims, who had a had a pretty good game against Dallas, as the four string well, receiver. Cam Sims, whoa, is, whoa, whoa, is whoa. Now let, out. let me talk. Cam Sims mossed Trayvon Diggs. Yeah. I guarantee when you two, Cam, Cam Siggs needs to be on You Got Moss. Randy Moss needs to send him those gloves. That was an amazing catch. For sure. And we've always he's gone. He's out. He's out. Yeah, he's out. That guy's out. So, and Kendall Fuller's out. Like, we don't have. Oh. <laughs> I could honestly just name like three or four more. It's it's legitimately 80% of our starters. And who knows? I know the COVID list when it comes to reserves. I'm sure a few of those guys will be back and playing, but it's really hard for me to say that. We have a chance against the Eagles. I'm kind of on the same page as it was last week, and we have less players than we do this week. So, man, I, I again, I have to take the Eagles again because we just don't have players yet left. I, it's just so hard to I think agree. that we're going to be the replacements of the of the NFL right now, and 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 truly come out and win games. Like it's going to be a miracle if we win this game. I think people don't realize that. Yeah, I mean, it, it does sound like Jalen Hurts is going to be back for them. I don't even know if that's a good thing. Um, yeah. I, I love I love yeah. Minshew Mania. I'm I'm sad that it's already over. Um, but yeah, well, he Jaylen, probably wants to get back in as soon as he can because he knows that Gardner will start to stepping up, yes. dude, and the fans oh, are going to start believing him. And yeah, and don't get it twisted. If Jalen Hurts starts out, you know, three for nine in this game with an interception, the Boo Birds in Philly, as Luds and I talked about a couple weeks ago, they will come out, and you don't want that fan base to turn against you. So we'll see um, if, how Jalen responds coming off that ankle injury. He still leads the NFL, I believe, like with eight rushing touchdowns. He has the most rushing first downs for a quarterback. Pretty impressive when you got guys like Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson playing the same position. So let's be um, real though: how many carries does this guy have versus the other quarterbacks? Yes, I'm sure no, twenty he, to thirty percent more carries yeah. than all those quarterbacks. No, he he has the workload of a running back on his legs, which is kind of crazy. Um, yeah. uh, but but Miles Sanders um, will also be back in this game, and we we talked about it now for six, maybe eight weeks. The Eagles run the goddamn football. Um, where they they're going to have Miles Sanders, they'll have Jordan Howard. They'll have a, a little bit of Kenneth Gainwell and, of course, Jalen Hurts himself using his legs. So I think this is going to come down to, and of course, without Matt Ioannidis and John Allen, um, I hope Deron Payne's still there, right? He's the only one left, dude. He's Thank God. <laughs> well, maybe Deron Payne has a Herculean effort <laughs> because you, 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 you guys are 
are going to have a hard time stopping that Eagles running game. And I think that is going to be the recipe for a victory. But I do think that the second half team we saw of the football team against the Cowboys is going to show up. And because this is another NFC East game, and like I said, you guys are still a playoff team. And so is Philadelphia. This is a, These are two six and seven this teams. This is actually a very big game. It really Huge. is. I think this is the biggest game in the East this week. I mean, it it's got to be, right? Yeah. No. The, and I'll call this, it's an NFC East eliminator type of game where I feel like the team that loses this game they're not going to be eliminated from the playoffs, of course, mathematically, but it's going to make a take a huge hit on their chances of of getting that wild card berth. And a team that wins this game that gets back to five hundred, I think that puts them in in the driver's seat to one of those either sixth or seventh NFC wild card seats. So this game is going to go a long way to determining what team gets to the playoffs, other than the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys have all but wrapped up the division. But I, you never know. What if? What if? And I, don't, I mean, we're the East Feast here. We, I'm, I'm a homer a little bit. But okay, let's see the Eagles win this game. But then the football team gets healthy all of a sudden. These guys, you know, COVID. It's a one week. It's a one week disease. They get back. Taylor Heineke plays inspired. Antonio Gibson figures out his fumbling issue. Terry McLaurin gets the concussion cleared up, and all of a sudden, you've got the Cowboys, the Eagles, and the football team. In the playoffs, I think that'd be pretty cool. Wow. It's not. It's not out of the yeah. realm of possibility. It really isn't. So as much yeah. as we were the NFC least, and people want to make fun of us, we're competitive football players here. So uh, I'm, I'm excited for the prospects of the division this last month of the season. That's for sure. No, absolutely, man. I would. I would love to see that. And again, it's always fun to talk about the East, and we'll have plenty of time to talk about it once it once three teams if possibly make the playoffs. That would be amazing. That's, uh, when we do our playoff special, man, I hope it's not like last year when it was just the football team. I hope that we can talk about multiple games. If we could do three, that would be amazing. It would be the NFC East wildcard weekend. Literally, we would take over wildcard weekend. But let's sure. not get uh, too far ahead of ourselves. So I'm going to say uh, my score on this game is a competitive loss by the football team. I think they play inspired. I'll say the Eagles win ugly 23 to 20. Yeah, if I had to put a score on it, if this is going to be a game, uh, I'm going to go 17 to 20, and I'm going to take the Eagles on this. Yeah. Okay, so I we hope, both hope the defense plays inspired. I, I just honestly, with the lack of defensive, I'm talking we have third team defensive ends. Yeah. I don't know how we're going to stop that running game from the Eagles, dude. I, I really. I don't, and and our backers aren't made or aren't thumpers, man. They're sideline to sideline guys. They both run four 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 fives. Jamin Davis and Cole Holcomb. That's what they do. Yeah, they're, they're not made to get in there and get yeah. gritty at the A and B gap. That's just not what we're made from. Yeah, and the Eagles got um Ludge's, fa- Ludge's favorite word I've ever used. The Eagles got some hog mollies on the O line with uh, sure. Jason Jason Kelly, Jason Kelsey, excuse me, uh, Jordan Mailata. They got a pretty a pretty decent O line. So, but I do like I, I would say you guys have some thumpers at the safety position. Lenny yes. Collins is pretty much a linebacker. Have to get in the, yeah, and Cam and Cam, Cam Curl, yeah. when he co- when he comes on on a safety blitz, he's he you know he's yeah. yes he's a good tackler. So I'm, I I hope those safeties maybe step up. I mean, it's, and I'm sure if I'm Jack's ja- got to have a plan. Jack's got to have a plan. You. He knows what he's up against. He yes. knows what he's up against. You so make we'll, we'll Quez Watkins is out of this game with COVID for the Eagles. They don't have nearly the, the, the COVID list that you guys do. Yeah. But Jalen Rager, we know he's pretty much garbage. So <laughs> let's double team Devontae Smith. Yeah. Let's have one of our speedy linebackers, as you said, whether it's John Min or whether it's Cole Holcomb, take 
Dallas Goddard out of this game because I think that's the key. Dallas Goddard yeah, might Cole be the probably def- man him up. Yeah. So yeah. so let's yeah let's man up Cole and Dallas. Let's take Devonte Smith out of the game and let's bring those safeties into the box and let's yeah. go. I think yeah, I think I think that's yeah. that's the recipe for an upset here. So so we will see. I'm gonna be rooting for you guys, man. I hope you guys can pull off this upset. Um, and I know somebody else who thinks you're gonna pull off the upset is Mr. Jeff Ludlow. He was a uh, one and one. In the East last week, which um, still puts him over uh, 500, excuse me. He's 24 and 23 overall in the East. He did lose his upset parlay, but he got a little crazy last week. He did a three-team parlay. He actually hit two of them. He hit on the Niners. Um, he lost, uh, and he hit on the Falcons. He lost on his third game, but he he's he's still a good better man. So he's over 500. So if you're a habitual gambler, if you did a round robin, yes, you would have took that. Do you know what a round robin is, B? No, no, please inform me. A round robin is like a parlay, but only two out of three hit, and the odds are not as high. Ooh, okay. All right, Luds. So let's call last week's upset parlay a wash, then. We'll give you the round robin victory. <laughs> because it's Christmas time, we're going to throw you a present. So Jeff Ludlow, 24-23 and 23 in the NFC East, 4-4 four and four in the upset parlay. And, of course, George, I know you and I um, one day have aspirations um, – you're about to get married, but you know to have a, a, a wife and a beautiful children like Luds has, and I, I know he's on the way to Disney, and I get kind of emotional just thinking about him and his family being in Disney World around Christmas time. It's awesome, man, and I hope they're having a blast, and it means a lot um, to everything that Luds does for this podcast. But the fact that he was able to rush out the door and um, give us this uh, this East Feast picks, um, we really appreciate you, kid. We love you. Merry Christmas, but uh, the floor is yours. Welcome to the week 15 of the NFC East Beast. I'm here to make my picks of the week. Um, Brian allowed me to do a voice memo this week uh, as I am traveling with my family to Disney uh, for the weekend. So uh, let's just get right into it. Um, First game, Dallas at New York Giants. Dallas minus favorite minus 10 and a half. Um, Giants just haven't been impressive, uh, especially as of late. They still have kind of hung in there, but um, just they don't have it. I think Dallas played a little sloppy last week. They got out of there with a win, though, which is the most important thing. I think they bounced back hard this week. Um, they do have the full roster. I think everyone's getting healthy. I am going to take Dallas minus 10.5. Uh, I got a score of 33-21. I think Dallas uh, comes out and scores some points this week. Uh, game two, I got Washington at the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia's favored four and a half points. Um, I think Washington comes out and, and gets a victory this week. Woo! Lutz believes. I don't think. I don't think Lutz. I don't know if Lutz saw that Omicron shit, bro. What's going on with the COVID <laughs> over there? But uh, I, I don't know if he's up to date, bro. He's over there chilling with the rat over. Actually, at Disney, I, I do think this morning when I sent Lutz these spreads, I think it was four and a half. I think it might be up to five and a half or six now because the more yeah. um, guys who get yeah. on that COVID list. But regardless, Ludge is swallowing the points and going to the football team. Philly, I think it will be a closer game. I think if they can contain Jalen Hurts, or actually it might not even be Hurts. It's uh, Gardner Minshew, right? Hopefully. I don't, I don't know. But I think Minshew actually may be more of a problem than than Hurts. But anyways, I am still going to take Washington. I got that score 27 to 20. Nice. Oof. And then for my upset parlay of the week, first game, I got the Cincinnati Bengals plus one and a half at the Denver Broncos. 
Um, I can't believe Cincinnati's not favored in this game. I don't understand it, but go ahead, take the Bengals. Second game, I got the New England Patriots plus two and a half at the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Colts are a strong, good team that can score points, but New England's defense has been so stout. Mac Jones isn't barely turning the ball, ball over at all. Uh, you know, he only completed, what, three passes last week, week before. So uh, New England's solid. I think they're the best team in the AFC right now. I am going to take them plus two and a half. Cincinnati, New England, book it. Hope, you all, hope all you guys have a good holiday weekend i know christmas is right around the corner i think we actually probably will squeeze in an episode next week before christmas so i will see you guys next week good luck and uh wish everyone the best go nfc east let's go let's, let's go, go baby so good to hear yeah. so good to hear from him man he's, he's just he's he's that dude bro he's been he's been so great this year and and having luds on has been such a joy for i think both me and b and uh, yeah, we just appreciate you, Luds, and, and thanks for always doing what you do. Yes, we love you, Luds, and we love you too, Deli. I appreciate you filling in um, you know, do a couple a couple weeks too. You've been doing a great job as well. But uh, yeah, Luds is going to swallow all 10 or 10 and a half with the Cowboys. He's going to push with the football team. He's got a football team upset victory. And of course, his upset parlay is the Bengals over Broncos and Patriots over Colts. I really, really like that Patriots over Colts bet. If you guys I don't did- like the Bengals one. Bengals going into Denver is a little dangerous. Yeah, I just I threw that Chargers Denver game. I don't know if you're familiar with that one. B a couple weeks ago, the way they just totally shut down your boy Herbert. Yeah, Denver's tough, man. Denver's tough in at home with Patrick Sertan at corner looking like an All Pro all of a I sudden. Sertan, it's 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 a problem. The Broncos we'll are. We'll see, problem. man. We'll see. The Bengals run the ball well with Joe Mixon, and Joe Burrow has some pretty elite weapons with uh, T Higgins with Jamar Chase with Tyler Boyd. So that I think that's a very good game. If you guys didn't know this, I hope that I'm giving you some good news. There is Saturday football the next two weeks. So this Saturday at 4 o'clock, I believe it is Raiders versus Browns. And at 8.30, it is the second half of the upset parlay, the Colts versus the Patriots. So I do like the Patriots as a dog. I'm with you, Luds. And uh, well, we hope that you're having a great time at Disney World with your family. I hope to see some lovely pics on Instagram um, in the coming days. But man, George has been, it's good. Um, this is kind of like an old school pod, just me and you. So, you know, we've had some, uh, we've had Luds in studio a lot. We've had uh, a lot of guests. John Warman, we need you next week. I want a John Warman voice memo for the football team and the Dallas Cowboys. But let's get this out of the, uh, this week out of the way first. We got two NFC East mashups. I cannot wait for the Cowboys and the Giants and the Eagles and the football team. And I cannot wait to bring you guys another episode of the NFC East. Fee! <laughs>